Hey there, wonderful people. Welcome back to the City of Transformation Church podcast, the spot where we dive into real talk, real stories, and real transformation. We're thrilled to have you here. Today's sermon is more than words. It's an opportunity for divine transformation. So take a deep breath, center your heart, and let the word resonate within you. 1 Kings chapter 18, from verse 40. Are you there, somebody? The Bible says, And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and executed them there. He killed them. Look at your neighbor and tell them he killed them. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And so he went up and looked and saw there is nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud, as small as a man's hand, rising out of the sea. And so he said, Go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot, and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he guarded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. I want to speak on the subject, Surviving a Dry Spell, Part 2. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we bless you for this moment. Speak to us. Change us, transform us, heal us, touch us, revive us, encourage us in Jesus' name. Everybody says Amen. Please be seated in God's presence. Last Sunday, I began uh, by sharing on surviving as a drying spell, and I didn't finish, and so I just want to do part two of it. And for those who are not there, I just want to do a quick recap that last Sunday we learned about what a dry spell represents. And we also learned about God's providence when you're going through a dry spell in your life. We saw God providing three things in the life of Elijah because he was going through a dry spell in his life. God provided the compass, God provided the comfort, and God provided the comestibles. This was God's providence in the life of Elijah. However, today I want you to know that God has a part to play When you're going through a dry spell, but you as an individual, you also have a part to play when you're going through a dry spell. You must know how to act. You must know how to respond to a dry spell when it shows up in your life. We can't just leave everything to God when we are going through a drought in our lives. We can't leave everything to God when we are going through a dry spell in our lives. We must understand that we also have a part to play to survive the dry spell and to come out of it as well. Touch your neighbor and tell them you have a part to play. You must share spiritual responsibility with God in the light of scriptures when you're going through a dry spell. You see, until you do your part, you won't come out of a dry spell. God will sustain you. God will provide for you. He'll provide the comfort. He'll provide the compass. He'll provide the comestibles. But for you to come out of that dry spell, you have a part to play. For example, the Bible says that salvation is free. It is by grace through faith that you're saved. So God has provided salvation for all of us. But for that salvation to, uh, to bring change in your life, to impact your life, you have a part to play. You have to believe in God. You have to confess with your mouth. You have to re- accept salvation in your life for you to be able to be saved. Salvation is free. 
And God has provided salvation for every one of us. But you have to take a step forward and say that I want to identify with God. The Bible says that you have to believe with your heart unto righteousness. And you have to make confession with your mouth unto salvation. So you have a part to play. Look at your and tell them you have a part to play. In John chapter 2, the Bible says that Jesus was invited in a wedding and there was a crisis in this wedding. And when Jesus showed up, because the mother uh, told the servants to go and tell Jesus that there was a crisis in the wedding. Before Jesus performed the miracle, he told the servants to fill the water pots. He said, I'm going to perform a miracle, but I want us to participate in this miracle. You can't just wait on me to do everything for you. You also have to do something so that the miracle can be complete. And so he told the servants to fill up the water pots. And as they were filling up the water pots, the water turned into wine. So we have a part to play for us to be able to come out of a dry spell in our lives. Believing in God and absolving yourself of responsibility will not make things happen. I need to say that again. Believing in God and absolving yourself from responsibility will not make things happen. You have a part to play. You have a responsibility to shoulder for you to be able to come out of a dry spell. The Bible says in James chapter 2 verse 18 to 19, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Show me your faith, but I'll also show me, I will show you my faith with my works. So you have to do something. Believe God, yes, but also you must act in tandem with what you're believing in. You must, you must back up your faith with corresponding actions. So when you're in a dry season, you can't just wait on God to do everything. You can't just believe in God and expect that God will do everything for you. You have a part to play. Have faith in God, but also put actions in place that correspond the faith that you have in God. Look at your neighbor and tell them you have a part to play. Any faith that seeks to make God absolutely responsible for the events of your life is an irresponsible faith because God expects you to do something in this equation. He will provide, but also he's looking out for your performance. And this morning, ladies and gentlemen, we want to go through Elijah's performance. We want to see what did Elijah do. Yes, God provided for him, but also Elijah had a part to play. So let's talk about Elijah's performance. The first thing that we see Elijah do in this story, we see his passion. Somebody say his passion. Shout it louder, his passion. You see, Israel had succumbed to idolatry. Jezebel, who was the wife of the king, invited 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah to eat at the table of the king. So all these prophets, false prophets, were invited in the palace. All these false prophets were refreshed and entertained in the palace. So there was idolatry, not just in the land, but in state house as well. There was idolatry in the king's palace. There was idolatry in the highest office of the land. And this idolatry that we see in the palace spilled over to every home in Israel. The drought ravaged the nation simply because the nation, beginning with the king, had turned away from God. Ahab, who was the king and who was the man who was ruling at that particular time, he allowed the wife, who is Jezebel, a wicked woman, to invite idolatry in the palace. He allowed this woman to entertain prophets of Baal and prophets of Asherah, and she was feeding them every single day, and they were encouraging people to turn away from God and serve Baal. It was a sad moment in the history of Israel. And when Ahab meets Elijah, he calls him the troubler of Israel. 
But in a quick rejoinder, rejoinder, sorry, in a quick rejoinder, Elijah says this about Ahab in 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 18. He says, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. You see, Ahab was trying to put the blame on Elijah. Why the children of Israel or the nation of Israel was under their dry spell. But Elijah said, it is not me, it is you. It is because of your idolatry that God has released drought and famine in the land. So we see in this story that the idolatry that we see in the palace and the idolatry that was practiced in Israel attracted the judgment of God. It caused God to allow drought to persist in the land. There was no rain for close to three and a half years. No rain. The ground was dry. The grass was drying up. The trees were shedding their leaves. Animals were dying. People were dying simply because there was idolatry in the land. The Bible says that they served Baal. Somebody say Baal. Shout it again, Baal. You see, Baal was a fertility god who was believed to enable the earth to produce crops and people to produce children. So they were worshipping a god that they thought this god will bring productivity in the land of Israel. They were worshipping a god that they thought this god will unleash fertility in the land of Israel. They were worshipping a god that they thought this god will bring rain and cause the land to be fertile and the land will be able to produce. And that's why they were worshipping this god. But nothing was happening in the land because all man-made gods are powerless. Baal is not fruitful. Baal does not have life. Baal cannot cause the land to produce. They were worshipping Baal who was supposed to bring productivity in the land, but let me tell you, the land was still ravaged by famine. They turned to Baal thinking that he will make them fruitful, he will make them multiply, he will make them produce, but the opposite actually happened. People were still dying. There was no rain. The heavens were shut, and there was no rain falling in Israel. Israel was in a dry spell. I heard another singer sing a song that said, all man-made gods are nothing. They cannot give life. They cannot bring rain. I want you to know that all these idols that we have in the world, they cannot be compared to our God. They are the works of man. All the other gods, they are the works of man. There is like hey, tell your neighbor you have such a beautiful voice. You should be in the choir. <laughs> All these gods were man-made. And they were weak. They didn't have hands. They didn't have eyes. They were not breathing. They didn't have power to be able to bring rain in the land of Israel. Only Jehovah was the true living God. The immortal, the invisible God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the mighty God, the creator of the universe, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the healer, the savior, the deliverer, the, the God of our father Abraham. That is the only God that was able to bring rain in the land of Israel. Brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that during your dry spell, you have to be very careful who you worship. During your dry spell, you have to be careful who you pledge your allegiance to. During your dry spell, you have to be careful who you pledge or no, no, your allegiance and obeisance to. You see, all these people were worshiping Baal, but Elijah maintained his passion for God. Elijah was still a worshiper of God. Oh, Elijah was still in love with God. I feel something in this house. When everybody else was bowing to Baal, when everybody else was sacrificing to Baal, when everybody else was pledging their allegiance and their worship and adoration and their hearts to Baal, thinking that he would bring productivity and multiplication in their lives, Elijah stood alone and he maintained his passion for God. When you're going through a dry spell, it's important who you worship. Because if you're not careful, you will start chasing for Baal. 
you start chasing Baal rather. You start worshipping Baal. Thinking that Baal will give you money. Thinking that Baal will give you positions. Thinking that Baal will open doors for you. But let me tell you, you'll end up frustrated. When you're going through a dry spell, you have to be careful. Because you might start looking for alternatives. You might start looking for a way out of your situation that compromises your faith. If you're going through a dry spell, you have to really guard your heart. You have to protect your worship. You have to protect your love for God. Because if you're not careful, you'll start cutting corners and compromising your faith. Everybody else was worshiping Baal, but thank God for Elijah. He stood alone and he maintained his passion for God. I wish that we can have such men in our generation today that even when they are going through a dry spell in their lives, they will still maintain their passion for God. They will still maintain their allegiance to God. They will still maintain their worship unto the living God. When you're going through a dry spell, can I go a little bit deeper? If you're not careful, you can start looking for a witch doctor. You can start consulting witches. You can start consulting sorcerers. You can start going to the villages to look for that old grandmother who has one tooth. Who everybody, everybody consults when there is a difficult time. You will start consulting shrines so that they may release blessings to you. But I'm preaching this message to you so that even if everybody around you turns to shrines, you will maintain your passion for God. I wish I had a witness in this house. Even if everybody runs and consults witch doctors and looks for meaty shamba and looks for all these posters and these signs that are put on electricity posts with some funny numbers with Muganga from Tanzania and Bilikile Sefile or whatever, you will stand alone like Elijah in your generation and you will maintain your passion for God. I wish I had a witness in this house. Where are the Elijahs in our generation? You will stand and say, even if my family turns to witchcraft, I will be like Elijah. I will be like Elijah. I will be like Elijah. Where is Elijah in this service? You will stand against all odds. Even if your father consoles mediums and spirits, even if your mother is looking for charms to put around her waist, you will not put charms around your waist. You will be like Elijah. You will stand in your generation and pledge your allegiance to God. Elijah was different. He was passionate. Sit down. He was passionate about God in the midst of a backslidden nation. He was passionate about God even when everybody else was bowing before Baal. He was passionate about God even when all his cronies and his friends were pledging their allegiance to God. I come to preach to somebody in this house. I come to tell you that even if your friends turn to Baal, be like Elijah. Stand for God. Stand for God. Even if your family members turn to Baal, be like Elijah. Stand for God. Even if your husband turns to worship Baal, stand for God in that marriage relationship. Even if your wife turns and begins to worship Baal, be like Elijah and stand for God. Look at your neighbor and tell them, my passion is intact. Oh, touch another and tell them, my passion is intact. Turn, and, turn to another and tell them my passion is intact. Even when I lose my job, my worship will still be intact. Even if I lose money, my worship will still be intact. Even if my relationship breaks and I'm left alone, I will still lift up my hands in the sanctuary and tell God I love you. God, I worship you. God, I bless your name. I just lost my job, but I didn't lose you. You are still the lover of my soul. You are Jehovah. You are glorious. You are marvelous. You are wonderful. I wish I had an Elijah in this house. You shall maintain your passion you will praise the lord in the church and people will think you're praising god because you have a nice car 
Oh, but they will be dead wrong. You are praising God because you are passionate. You are so passionate about God. Whether things are working or they are not working, you are still passionate about God. I wish I had two or three people who can give God a crazy shout and praise in this house. Ow! Look at your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, I am praising God. Not because money is in my bank account. Not because I have a nice job. In fact, if I told you my story, I left fire in my house. I left a mess in my office. But look at me. I don't care what I'm going through. I'm in a dry spell. But my passion for God is still intact. For God is still intact. My love for God is still intact. Shout about a yeah. Do I have Elijah in this house? I say, do I have Elijah in this house? I mean, everything is going haywire in your life. Business is going down. Children are going crazy. The husband didn't come home last night. But here you are. Your passion is intact. Your love for God is intact. Your service to God is intact. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Give him a crazy praise and a shout. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I want you to grab your neighbor and tell your neighbor, neighbor, this next shout, it is not for a car. It is not for money. It is not for my clothes. It is not for a nice job. It is not for a sweet, sweet husband. This next level of shout is for the passion I have for Jehovah Sit down. Woo. Woo. That's why when the preacher preaches, I stand because I'm passionate. I don't care what you think. You might roll your eyes at me, but the passion I have for Jehovah God, it makes me go ah. Woo. Sit down. Somebody shout passion. passion. Shout it again, passion. passion. Secondly, we see his posture. His posture. Bible says Elijah in this dry season, when God spoke to him about the coming rain, he said, I heard the sound. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I hear something is about to happen. And the Bible says he put his head in between his knees. And he bowed, bowed to the ground. This posture is an expression of earnestness, vehement desire continued importunity and it was also an expression of humility. Let me say that again. It was an expression of earnestness, vehement desire, continued importunity and also an expression of humility. He was putting himself in a position to ensure that what he heard comes to pass. Somebody shout posture. He was positioning himself to be able to birth the sound that he heard in the spiritual realm so that that sound can be birthed in the physical so that there may be a physical manifestation of what he heard. 
Please walk with me. He had received a confirmation. He had heard the sound. But nothing was happening on the ground. He put his head in between his knees. And he bowed to the ground. It is a posture of humility. Brokenness. Posture of humility. Brokenness. You see, when he was prophesying about the drought, his posture was different. There was a sense of confidence. There was a measure of arrogance. It will not rain until I say. Then he goes. But this time, he realizes. If he does not humble himself, what he had will never be manifested in the physical realm. And that's why he had to take his head. I wish somebody got what I'm sharing this morning. And put in between his knees. And take that posture of humility. And brokenness. And waiting upon the law. And praying. And interceding. And speaking to God. And, in, and standing in the gap and saying, oh God. Let what I had come into fruition. And so he became humble. You see, when you are in a situation that has persisted for three and a half years, when you want that situation to change, you have to be humble. You have to take pride out of your life. You have to take arrogance out of your life. You have to come to a place where you say, God, I've tried everything. But here I am. My head is between my knees. I'm humble. I'm broken. I'm on the ground. Elijah was on the ground. And he was humble. His posture was different. And he was telling God, God, you have to do this. Because Lord, if you don't do this, I'll be embarrassed. Everybody will laugh at me. Because they will think I'm a false prophet. And so he was humble. And he was broken. But this is the thing. I've seen people as a pastor who go through a dry spell and they are still proud. I've seen people go through a tough time, a difficult time. Everything is going haywire in their lives. It's dry, it's hot in their situation, but they're proud. They are not broken, they're proud. The way they speak, they're proud. The things they do, they're proud. They're not broken like Elijah. Some of them, when a dry season persists in their life, even the way they talk about God, you can see pride. Even the way they talk about their church, you can see pride. They even accuse the church for their dry spell. They accuse God for their dry spell. Elijah could have said, oh God, how can you let me be here in this posture? Seven times I am putting my head on my knee and nothing is happening. He could have blamed God. He could have spoken with pride. But he realized, if he doesn't humble himself, the drought will persist. And it will end up destroying him as well. So he humbled himself. I've seen people who are proud and they have nothing. I've seen people who are poor and they are proud. Until I wonder when they get blessed, what will happen to them? They are poor and they are proud. Their marriage is in shambles and they are proud. They don't recognize that they need God. Their business is not working and they are proud. They don't recognize that they need God. Things are not working in their lives the way things need to. And they are proud. Their head is not in between their knees. Brothers and sisters, I think when you're going through a dry spell, 
for one year, two years, three years, should cause you to put your head in between your knees and say, oh God, change my situation. Oh God, turn my life around. Oh God, I've tried money, but it's not working. I've tried friends, it's not working. Oh God, help me. Do you know one of the reasons why God allows a dry spell in your life? One of the reasons God allows a dry spell in your life is to make you humble. So if you don't humble yourself when you're going through a dry spell, you will extend your stay. You will extend your stay in a dry spell until that dry spell can break you. Some of you, God could have visited you a long time ago, but because you are too proud, you are too proud. You are in a dry spell, but you are too proud. You can't recognize that you need God. You can't do everything that God wants you to do. And that's why you are still in a dry spell. It will call for humility on your part to change your posture. Instead of sticking out your chest in arrogance, to change your posture and put your head in between your knees and begin to tell God, God, I need you. One time there was a man who had leprosy and he came to a prophet and he was too proud. And the prophet told him to do something very simple. He told me, I want you to go and jump you know, in River Jordan. Go and just dip yourself in River Jordan and something will happen. But because he was proud, he said, I can't. Thank God for a young girl who told this guy, if the prophet asked you to do something big, you could have done it. He has asked you to do something small. It will not hurt. Why don't you just go and jump your, and throw yourself, jump into the river, and you will see what will happen when he followed the instructions, simple instructions, when he put his head in between his knees and humbled himself. The Bible says that the leprosy left his body. And his skin became like the skin of a young child. Brothers and sisters, when you're going through a dry spell, it's time to humble yourself. Humble yourself. In fact, the more you're in a dry spell, the more you should humble yourself. The more you should come to God and tell God, God, what can I do for you? When God says, sweep the church, just sweep the church. You're putting your head in between. Your knees, you're humbling yourself. When God says, I want you to go out and do outreach for me, you humble yourself. You put your head in between your knees and say, oh God, whatever you tell me, I will do for you. You change your posture and you humble yourself. Number three. Elijah, we are seeing Something else about the performance of Elijah. We are seeing his position. Bible says he went to the mountain. And stood in the mountain. On the mountain rather. <clears throat> and he never moved from that mountain. He had his servant. And seven times he was telling that servant. Go and check. If anything is happening. While his head was there. And he was in the same position. Same location. He never moved from that particular place. The servant kept on going. And coming back. But Elijah was there. He didn't say. Oh let me also come and check. He was not distracted. He stayed in the same spot. With his head. In between his knees. On the ground there, same spot, in humility and prayer. And he was praying, kept on praying. And his servant kept on moving to the place where he could see if something was happening. And he kept on coming back. But Elijah was not moving. He was positioned at the same spot, immovable, unchangeable. Unmovable. He had planted his feet on that same location. Even though there was no sign of what he had 
in the spiritual realm. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I'm not moving. <laughs> it's like Elijah was saying, I will not live here until what I had becomes a manifestation in the physical realm. Please follow me. I'm going somewhere with this. I will not move out of here until I get good news. I am convinced that this is my location of breakthrough. I will not move. The servant came the first time with bad news. He said, go back. I am not coming with you. I am here. I am planted here. <laughs> my roots are here. I am not moving. Go back and check. My servant went and checked. There was nothing. He came back. Elijah. Nothing is happening. He said, go back. But he never moved. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm still planted here. I'm not moving. <laughs> he kept on going. Nothing was happening. But Elijah was not moving. Do you know that a dry spell can make you shift grounds? Do you know that a dry spell can convert you into a shifter? Ask your neighbor, are you a shifter? A shifter is a person who keeps on moving from one place to another. A dry spell will cause you to move from one place to another. You are like a vagabond. Moving from one place to another, you are restless. You don't know your location of operation. You don't know your place of function. Elijah knew that this was his place of function. And so he was planted in that particular place. Regardless of what was happening, he was there. He said, I'm not moving. And the servant kept on coming back with bad news. But Elijah said, I'm not moving. This is my place of breakthrough. This is my place of answered prayer. This is my place of healing. This is my place of the manifestation of the promises of God over my life. I am not moving. He stayed. He stayed. He stayed. Nothing was happening, but he stayed. Oh my goodness. I need to see a believer in this church. Nothing is happening, but you're still in church. You are staying in church. I mean, no job, but you are staying in church. No wife, but you are staying in church. No husband, but you are staying in. You are immovable. Staying. And the servant kept on going. And you are still staying. You're still staying. No breakthrough, but I'm still in house of grace. I don't need to go to house of mercy. Or house of Yahweh. Or house of hope. For me to get a breakthrough. I'll wait. I know there is negative report around me. But I'll keep on waiting. I am not shifting grounds. I am not moving positions. I am firmly planted. This is my place. Ah, I feel something shaking in the spirit. Look at your neighbor. Give them high five. And tell them this is my place. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell them this is my place. When you discover the place that God has planted you in, let nothing shift you from that place. Let nothing move you from that place. Let nothing shake you out of that place. When you sense this is your place, your place of provision, your place of miracles, your place of signs and wonders, dig your foot there, pitch your tent there, build your house there, give birth to your children there, build your business there, build your house there. Stay in position. It's my place. It's my place. And Elijah was there. It's my place. When you discover that that marriage is your place, don't move out. Don't move out. You tell your husband, I'm here to stay. I ain't going nowhere here to stay. You remain my husband. Whether you like it or no. I wish I had a witness. Oh, oh my goodness. 
sometimes you have to mark your territory and say, this is my territory. No woman will cross this bloodline that I've drawn around my marriage. Is my, is my, give somebody high five and tell them I'm not moving. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I am not moving. It's my place. It's my place. I'm preaching you into a dimension. I want to radicalize you. To realize that when God gives you a geographical location. Don't let it go. Dig your foot there. I will only leave this job. If God says I leave. You cannot sack me. You cannot kick me out. You cannot malign my name. You cannot go around behind my back and stab me. I am here to stay. My feet are planted in this but Somebody shout yeah. Give somebody half and tell them neighbor. I'm not going nowhere. This is my place. My geographical place, my geographical location, the place that God has ordained for me to be blessed. I will not live here until God moves me to the next level. And because he has not spoken, I am here to stay. And you better get used to me because I'm going to be here for a while. My feet are planted. My family is planted. My children are planted. My dreams are planted. My hopes are planted in this place. One time we were driving with my wife, and we were driving, and we were talking about another person uh, whose marriage had gone under, and it was because of his irresponsibility. And I turned to my wife, and I told my wife, I want you to know, I will never ever leave you. Never ever. Never ever. And she turned to me, and she told me, even if you try and leave me, I will not leave you. I will stick on you like white on rice. That's what you need to do about some geographical locations. You need to say, this is my territory. I am not moving out of this place. It belongs to me. Somebody shout, yeah. I want you to do something prophetic. I want you to mark your territory. There's something you can see in the spirit. I want you to go around and mark that territory and proclaim from today. Oh, the devil is persona non grata. He's not allowed in that territory. It belongs to you. Your house is your territory. It belongs to you. Your marriage is your territory. It belongs to you. He can't take it. He can't push you. He can't remove you. He can't pluck you. The church that you're planted in is your territory. Nothing, no one, no demon can and remove you. Shout yeah! Even animals mark their territory. Have you watched National Geographic? The way the lion moves. And then it lifts one leg. There's something it releases. It is doing what? You see even dogs. They are doing what? You need to mark your territory, my friend. I say you need to mark your territory, my friend. Yes, you are in a dry spell, but the dry spell will not remove you from the place that God has ordained that he may be able to bless you. Look at your neighbor, give them high five and tell them, stay put. Sit down, I give you the last one. Tell your neighbor, mark it, mark it, mark it, mark it. Mark it, mark it, mark it, mark it, mark it, mark it. When the devil comes, he will realize that the territory has been secured. Let me give you the last one. His perspective. 
I should go on. I push it. <laughs> I'm trying the best I can. His perspective, his eyesight. Who was seeing? Nothing was happening. Who was seeing there was nothing happening? It was the servant, not Elijah. Elijah let the servant do his donkey work. He focused his eyesight on what he had. I need a servant to come. Come. Elijah is here. Eyes down. He says, go and check if there's a sign. So you go behind seven times. Use this road here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that we know where you're going. Uh-huh. He went. Uh-huh. The first time. Come back. Have you seen anything? Come back. Come back. He come. I hope you will make it the seven rounds. <laughs> Did you see anything? Nothing. Nothing. Go the second time. I can see Lillian is interceding for you. That God may give you the strength of an ox. Come back. Second time. Have you seen anything? Come, 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 come. Wow. Wow. Have you seen anything? Nothing. Go back again. Oh, please pray for him. He has to make it. That's the third time he's going. Uh-huh. Wow. Tell your neighbor, that's why it's important you need to go to the gym. You can be embarrassed in a meeting like this. Uh-huh. This is the which time? Fourth time. Did you see anything? Nothing. Nothing. Are you breathing? Okay, go back. Uh-huh. uh-huh. He went. All this time, Elijah is not seeing what the servant is seeing. Elijah's eyes are focused on what he heard. Who is doing the seeing for Elijah? Is the servant. I came back. Uh, have you seen anything? Uh, nothing. No. nothing. Okay, go back again. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. 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 Please pray for him. He has, to, he has to survive this. He has to survive this. Give him some encouragement. He has to survive this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which time is this? Sixth. Have you seen anything? Nothing. Nothing. Go back. Go back. He needs encouragement. Come on, somebody. He has to survive this. Hallelujah. 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 He's now coming back with good news. He has seen something. He has seen a sign. What did you see? I see a sign. Something is happening. You see what? Something is happening. When he came back the seventh time, he saw a sign. He saw what Elijah has been seeing. All this. When you're going through a dry spell, stop focusing on what is not there. Stop focusing on what is not happening. Stop focusing on the dry ground and the clear sky. Focus on what God said. He said there is a sound of abundance of rain. Fix your eyes on what God has said concerning your situation. Can you imagine if Elijah stopped praying and he went to check? You could have been discouraged. You could have said this prayer thing does not work. But I thank God. He refused to set his eyes on the prevailing conditions. And he set his eyes on the promise that there is a sound of abundance of rain. Today I want to challenge you to shift your focus from your dry spell. Begin to shift your focus on what God has said. And God is saying to you, rain is coming. Blessings are coming. Increase is coming. Fruitfulness is coming. Multiplication is coming. Something is coming. Shout a better year. Can I preach like I feel? Give somebody high five and tell them, neighbor, you will not die in this dry spell. I hear a sound. Why don't you behave like a prophet? Tell your neighbor, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. It's coming to rain. 
in your situation is coming to reign in your circumstance is coming to reign in your situation remove your eyes on the prevailing conditions fix your eyes on the Lord who is the author and the finisher of your faith give him a prayer Tell your neighbor for me, change your perception. perception. Tell them, change your perspective. Stop seeing the negative. Start seeing what God said concerning your situation. I prophesy over somebody here who has been in a dry spell. I came to tell you, you will outlive your dry spell. You will outlast your dry spell. You will not die in it. You will come out of it because rain is coming. Elijah told his servant to go and tell Ahab, tell Ahab to prepare because I hear the sound of abundance of rain. It's going to come to rain in your life. It's going to rain cats and dogs in your life. Get, 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 get ready because the sound is about to be manifested in your life. Give him a prayer. I want you to grab your neighbor by the hand and tell your neighbor, neighbor, I am not leaving you as I'm coming out of my dry spell. When it begins to rain in my life, it will rain in your life as well. It will rain in your house as well. It will rain in your business as well. Prepare, prepare. I feel the Holy Ghost. Prepare, prepare. I feel the anointing. Prepare, prepare. Prepare, it's gonna rain. That dry spell in your life has an expiry date. Hmm. Hmm. Kadabasha. Se dabakata. Bro de ketaba. Sande be ketalalaba. Oh, rekeda basheda. Rete be ketenama. It is over. I want you to stand to your feet and throw your hands in the sky and let the rain of God fall upon you. Let it rain in your situation. Let it rain in your home. Let it rain in your home. You will survive. You will come out of it. 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 I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. You will come out of it. If you need to come to this altar and pray, I want you to come to this altar and pray. Whatever it is you need, if you feel like you need to come, God is shifting seasons. God is shifting seasons. God is shifting seasons. Is shifting seasons in your life. Is shifting. Is shifting. Is shifting. Is shifting. Something is shifting. Come on, believers, lift your voice. Be like Elijah. Assume the posture. Be like Elijah. Let it rain. 
Let it rain in. Open the flood of heaven. Come on, lift your voice and pray. Let it rain on you today. You're coming out of that dry spell. Be like Elijah. Put your head in between your knees. Cry out to God. Come on, lift your voice. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. I feel there is a cloud. The size of a man's hand. The cloud is rising. The cloud is rising. Open your mouth and talk to God. The cloud is rising. It is the seventh time. It is the seventh time. The cloud is rising. It is the seventh time. The cloud is rising. The cloud is rising. The skies are becoming black. The skies are becoming black. The skies are becoming black. It's rainy. It's rainy. Your dry season is over. Your dry spell is over. Your drought is over. Your famine is over. You are coming out of it in Jesus' name. The rain has begun raining in your situation. The rain has started pounding your house, your life. In the name of Jesus. Father, we lift our hands to receive your rain. May your rain saturate our lives. May your rain start pounding our lives. May the droplets begin to fall on our patched ground, our dry ground, in the name of Jesus. May it rain over our lives. Bring wetness in every situation that is dry in our lives, O oh God. We receive your rain. We receive your ray. Father, I pray that may the seed that is in the ground begin to germinate. May the seed that is in the ground sprout right now. Sprout right now. Sprout right now. In the name of Jesus. May that seed begin to germinate and bring forth fruit. A hundredfold. Thirtyfold. Sixtyfold. To the glory and honor of God's name. We thank you, Father, for the rain. We receive the rain. We receive the rain. The three and a half years are over. We receive the rain. Receive the rain this morning. In Jesus' name. And everybody shouts a big amen. That wraps up another powerful sermon at the City of Transformation Church podcast. We're grateful you chose to be part of this transformative experience. 
Remember, the impact of these words doesn't end here. It's a catalyst for change in our daily lives. Carry this inspiration, share it with others, and let's keep transforming together. Until next time, stay blessed, stay transformed. See you in the next episode.